Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to be talking about or answering the question, is the Bible true? Is it reliable? Is it reliable? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Right? There's, a, there's a theological term for what we're going to do today, John. Apologetics. Yes, how about that? And, and apologetics is not apologizing for the jetics we discussed. <laughs> Apologetics is the reasonable, rational, scientific, historic, archaeological evidence that the Bible it really is it's a divine true. book. It's true. And it's one yeah. of my favorite yeah. topics in the whole wide world, John. Yeah. Thank you for choosing it, John. Dude. I'm ready to go. I get a point. You you do. You Come on. Coming the, out of the gate, baby. You get a point for the title. <laughs> I'm armed and dangerous. Try not um, to run ahead of you, man. You got great stuff here, but I just want to jump in. Yeah, I'm going to pull you back. Don't worry okay, about it. Okay. All right, so is the Bible true? And we're going to jump in there. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And listen, if you're not on uh, Pastor Duke's podcast, just go to any podcasting platform, put in Pastor Duke, it'll pop right up. Even if you Google it, you put in Pastor Duke podcast, he's the number one, pops right up. According to, if you put in according to John, like Google, according to John podcast, I'm number one, dude, you've always been number one with me, Johnny. <laughs> there's, I give you, I give you a point for that. <laughs> my fingers crossed. <laughs> Stole that point. So did I. <laughs> well, we got fake points now. We've oh my news, goodness. Fake points. We're all ready to it's go. Already. But so, you know what? All the other historic ancient books they're just full of mythology. Right. Uh, there's nothing about them that is remotely true. And yet people, and, and, and people let them slide and we come around and say, well, the Bible's the word of God, the Bible's true. And then they attack it. Well, we're going to defend it today. Well, and what's interesting is these mythology books will have unicorns in and people will <laughs> fight. Have all kinds of things. They'll fight that unicorns I don't know why that struck me so funny. I guess because there's morons everywhere. Okay. At any rate, with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer because okay. I think we, we need, need it. it. We need it. And then we're going to get started. Brother, if you'll I, open it. I'll be the prayer guy. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, make our time valuable for our listeners. Thank you for all who tune us in. We pray that it will be a blessing to them, that will teach them and strengthen their faith their, for them to have a closer walk with you. And uh, together, Lord, we can bring you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Listen, is the Bible true? Yes. Hello? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what other problem do you have? But, you know, I mean, let's be real. Uh, those who believe already believe, but not necessarily. Well, yeah, those who believe already believe. Here's what I found really interesting. 36 Percent. This is according to Truth Unbound, Walter Swaim. If you go on his podcast, Truth Unbound, and, and listen, go to Truth Unbound on YouTube. Truth Unbound, Google it, Truth Unbound podcast. He's got a, such a unique title like you do that you guys pop right up. Me, according to John, oh my goodness, according to John on all these gospels and this and that. So it's not as unique. I thought. I actually thought about change. This is totally off subject, but give me a moment. I actually thought about changing my title to According to John Unbridled. It already is unbridled. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did, because then, then you could find it 
like uh, more specific. Just Satan tries to hide it. I'm sure he does. What is, you know what, is, what a scoundrel! I remember man. when a girl held up a Bible, and she she would always quote it, and she said, "The Bible's the word of God. It's absolutely true." I never really thought it was the Bible. I never thought, is it true? Is it right, false? Right. But I remember telling her uh, it was full of contradictions and errors. Right. <laughs> I, dude, as a pastor, we get that all the time, don't we? I told her that, and she <laughs> said, show me one. Yeah. Well, 50 years later, uh, uh-huh. I haven't found it yet. Yeah. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, really? Where? Well, that's what I heard. You ever been told a lie? <laughs> You ever hear a lie? Oh, because that's just what you got right there. I just got asked that question just uh, a week ago. I had a girl from camp, a 14-year-old girl. She's so mature, and she's in a public school, and uh, she's she called me on the phone. Her mother texted me and said, will you talk to my daughter? So we had like an hour-and-a-half Bible study on the phone with a 14-year-old girl those. from Ohio, and this was her question. How do we know the Bible is true? And it was just so neat to... Um, lay some of these facts uh, with her that we're going to share with you or our audience today so yeah so the bible claims it is true do we have to prove it to be true no it claims it and one of the interesting things about scripture or the bible if you will is not only does the bible claim it's true but the historicity of it claims it's true you get a half point for that word historicity that's a good one john <laughs> Okay. You didn't kill all those brain cells back in the 70s, did you? Because I've learned how to read. Okay. <laughs> it took me a while. But, but anyway, if you, if you look at all the historical accounts, it is true. It confirms its truth. And then we're going to look at it as we go on scientifically, right? In other words, uh, does the Bible cons- confirm science or does science uh, disprove the Bible? We're going to look at some of that as well. And if you look at a lot of other books, man, they've all faded away. Mm-hmm. But the, in the scriptures, it says that God will preserve his word forever. And, and unlike any other book in history, and I think it's three or four times, the uh, evil rulers of the day set out to destroy the Bible, because we know they're all satanic or uh, of Satan, but they all set out to destroy the Bible, to stop it from being pr- printed, to make it illegal and all that. Burn them, ban them. And it's never, it has never stopped it. Yeah. No now, other, you, you tell me another book that could have survived that. No other book has ever been burned and banned and and and, and preached again and, and stood against like the Bible. But, yeah. You know, the, it's a little everyday thing. If I walk through a local shopping center and I carry a book, nobody notices. Nothing. They don't if care. you walk through that same uh, Well, they might even center, ask you the title to the book you got. Yeah, they might. <laughs> but most of them just ignore it. But when you carry a Bible through a place, it, something's going to happen. <laughs> In New York, about 85, 90% of the people will see that book and they'll run the other way. They'll actually walk out around you. <laughs> Stay out of your way. But you'll have They'll people. actually get spaced between yes. you and whatever. Like, yes, they like, will like socially you, distance, won't like they? You're, yeah, like you're contagious or something. Yeah, they'll socially distance <laughs> more than six feet. But then you'll have a few people that, that see yeah. that Bible. Yeah. They'll come running to you. Yeah. And I, when I see a Bible in public, I say, hey, hey, that book? My favorite book in the whole yes. world. There's something about the Bible that's like no other book. Dude, I compliment them for carrying it. I and I'll even, remi- I'll even tell them, that takes incredible strength. God Amen. bless you. Amen. Here's because you facts. already know you're going to be persecuted in New York. 
Oh yeah, that's why we came here. Yeah, we, we like we like to we yeah like fighting. Yeah, right? I like uh, get, yeah. Let's roll like a good battle. You want to roll, baby? Let's well, roll. Some quick information on the Bible: sixty-six <laughs> books, thirty-nine in the Old Testament, twenty-seven uh, in the New Testament, written in three different languages: Hebrew, the Old Testament, yeah. Greek, the New Testament, and some Aramaic uh, in in a little New bit Testament, both yeah. Testament. I think both Testament a little bit. Both oh yeah, the, because Daniel Daniel did Aramaic. Aramaic. Yeah, 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 you're right. Both. So uh, and on three different continents: Asia, Africa. And uh, Europe, it was written by 44, perhaps 45 human authors without one contradiction. Right. Johnny, you and, and, and you're talking some of them a thousand years apart. 1,500 years apart. 1,500 years apart. And Jesus quoted Wh- Which is significant because that means no generation existed in between those two generations. I mean, not one generation lasted or, or one person lived to be 1,500 years old. So yeah. my, my point is there was no one there to carry on. But yet, the continuity fact, all this is the, co- the continuity fact. Never you know, straight. I look back at some of the sermons I preached 25 years ago, and I listen to them, it's like, I don't know if I really believe that. <laughs> I contradict myself, you know? And uh, um, yeah. you get, you know, you and I are about 99.9% on the same page. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> and, you know, and yet you, you have the 44 people, 45 human authors all claiming that I'm not the author of this. God wrote this through right, me. Right. And it's just perfect yeah. continuity. The Genesis Not lost. related, not from the same tribe, not from the same nation yeah. sometimes. And yet they're it's all... Totally different cultures, totally different worlds. <clears throat> and yet perfect, they all agree. Perfect continuity. Um, I just completely lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I'm so excited. Go ahead. I'll wait. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> this is going to be a major edit. You can jump in here. It'll come to me, you know, maybe uh, randomly anywhere in our conversation. I'll jump so when you say you lost your thought, it's legit lost, oh, gone. I lost it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not It's not it's where gone. you put it. <laughs> it's gone. It's where you let it go. It'll come back to me, though. Hopefully it won't be 2 a.m. because when it does, I'm calling you. Yeah, right? There you go. So listen, the Bible claims to be true, and all that that you pointed out, man, is an obvious, right? I mean, well, it's an obvious for us because we understand history. We understand uh, where it comes from. We understand that there's no contradictions. We understand that in all the different nations, all the different tribes, all the different tongues, all the different years, decades, right, that have have passed, and yet it's still the same message. Uh, The all the different evil leaders that tried to destroy it. And yet here it is. Number one, uh, sold book in the world. Number one, stolen book in the world. <laughs> Statistically speaking, I'm telling you ex- accurately. Gideon Bibles are placed in hotels for the specific reason of being stolen. Yeah. And, and people, well, people go into stores and will steal a Bible to give away as a present. <laughs> the irony. Thou shalt not steal. Okay. I'll give it away. I mean, well, like, you just said something that brought my thought back. I thought you I talked would. about the word same. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, fall of man, the paradise that was lost because of sin in Genesis is the paradise that is regained in Revelation. Mm. And tying that paradise from the fall to the return is a crimson thread of redemption. Mm-hmm. 66 books, but really one book. A thousand stories, but in reality, one story just different facets just a different facet right. of that same diamond that that thread of redemption that crimson thread of redemption without the shedding of blood genesis chapter three um, jesus presented in genesis 
Jesus exposed in Revelation. Yes. And is the theme of the book is Jesus. He's creator in Genesis. He's the deliverer in yeah. Exodus. He's the high priest in Leviticus. He's the brazen serpent in Deuteronomy. Uh, he's, uh, no, in Numbers, in Deuteronomy. I forget. Yeah, I'm going to stop you. Because I don't, four out of five. Yeah, right. but, but the reality is as you go through each book, it's all about Jesus. There you go. And even though it crossed oceans and languages and generations, generations it, it never lost anything. Most incredible book. I've read the Bible 162 times. And um, matter of fact, I want to finish my 163rd reading later tonight. And every time I go through it, I see something I never saw mm -hmm. before. I told you one of those things this morning. It was a huge blessing. I missed it 162 times till today. There's well, no and, and how like many that. how many times have you and I sat down and it's like, wow, I've never seen that before. Wow, that's inter okay. Wow, there's a new. I mean, because every it's, time it's always time alive. Yeah. It's always alive. It never, and that's that's what we're going to talk about as well. So listen, the Bible also encourages its readers to examine their own beliefs uh, to ensure the truth of the teachings to which they believe. And I have made this statement, and. I say it all the time is you don't really believe what you believe until what you believe has been challenged. Mm -hmm. Every uh, uh, builder has me measurements. He's mm -hmm. got his uh, squares. He's got his uh, uh, rule of, of, of tape, tape measure, measure yep. and the level and everything. All yeah. Of, and the Bible is the measuring point. It's, it's the model. Right. And so you have to examine one of the issues that we have, obviously, it's understandable that a non-Christian wouldn't examine the Bible. It's sad that a Christian doesn't examine the Bible. Yes. And how many times will I preach and people come up to me afterwards and they'll go, I disagree. <clears throat> oh, really? So if you disagree, give me a verse on why or that shows I'm wrong. And they'll say, well, I think. And I go, whoa. <laughs> no, no, if you're telling me I'm wrong, I don't care what you think. I care what God says. And so give me a verse. Well, I don't have a verse. Well, then as far as I'm concerned, I'm not wrong until you can come back with a verse. Yeah, it's not that I'm right and you're wrong. It's that God's right and we're all wrong. Yeah, And, and if you're going to tell me that I told you wrong on a verse, you got to give me something from Scripture that confirms that. And if all you have is your opinion, I'm not interested because I didn't preach my opinion. I preached the word of God. And so if you're going to challenge me, you got to challenge me with the word of God. Romans 3, 4 or 4, 3, it says, let God be true. God's word be true. And every man a liar that you may be justified in your sayings. You may overcome when you are judged. You know, it's not my opinion against anybody. It's just God spoke and that settles it. Right. There used to be a bumper sticker. It used to say, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. No, no, you added too much. There's one, that one, one thing in there that's not true, whether I believe it or not. Is it immaterial. That's right. God that's said right. it, that settles it. Right. And when people bring these things to, right. to us and challenging us when we preach something or teach, uh, it's, it's really God spoke. Right. And our job is, as Christians, as preachers, mm -hmm. is to present God's word. I love the bumper sticker, too, that says, God is my co-pilot. And I'm like, you already screwed up. <laughs> yeah. He needs to be your pilot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like he needs to be the one guiding everything. And he's uh, the pilot. Yeah. I'm the passenger. 
And when we get that mentality. I don't need a co-pilot. Yeah, I don't, I don't need a co-pilot. Nope. Uh, so uh, when we examine the Bible, as we would any other text, because we examine other texts sure. all the time, yeah. right? Well, it's, um, good to, it's good to test it. I think it, well, even the Bible says to yeah. test it. Test these things, whether it be so. Yeah. And so I, I think it's, it's good to do that. And the Bible uh, proves itself over and over again. There's, there's a dukism. Go ahead. like it. I think you've heard it before. That which is divine from God, God's word. Has no fear. Of rational inquiry. inquiry. Johnny, I'm proud of you. You just quoted me, dude. That which is divine yeah, has no a, fear. Do I get a point? You get five points. I'm taking it. Got it. <laughs> you see, it, we're allowed. That's what really got me excited. I went into a Bible-believing church. They, mm-hmm. they, they preached the book, nothing but the book. And uh, and I, they welcomed my challenges. Right. I thought, well, if, right. you know, I, and the, the church my mama took me to as a child, and if you ask any questions, you know, your grandfather would roll over in his right, grave right, if right. you heard you ask that question. Well, in Bible churches, you're allowed to ask questions because the Bible has the, the answer. answers. I love when, okay, so when I first moved to New York, and people would come up to me, when they once they realized the way I teach and preach, then they, they realize they could come to me with any questions. We welcome them. Absolutely. That's where most of these podcasts come from. And let me say this. If I don't have the answer, when you ask the question, I will get the answer. Mm-hmm. We know how to study. Uh, hello. And they would ask me, which to me were some of the most basic questions that you could ask. Right. That's why we're here. Uh, for example, um, why did Jesus, uh, if Jesus was born human, why didn't he have a sin nature? Mm-hmm. Now, to you and I, that's a that's an easy question. I just did a podcast on that this morning. So the the answer is really quite simple: is wherefore as by one man sin entered the world, uh, death by men passed upon all men for all of sin. Who's the one man? Adam. All humanity came from Adam. The sinful nature passed upon all. Right. Look, look, even Adam lost a rib to Eve and God made Eve from Adam. So Eve still has the sin nature from Adam. I mean, every human being. And so the sin nature is passed through the man or through the father into the human, into humanity. So unfortunately you and I are responsible for giving our, the sinful nature to our children. Yeah. You created two sinners and I created three. Yeah. Right. Well, why didn't Jesus have a sin nature? Because his father was God. No earthly father, no sinful nature. John the Baptist connected all these dots. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of of the world. And so Jesus had his father's nature, which was righteousness. And he was tempted in all points as we're tempted, yet without sin. Without sin. Why? Because his natural tendency to do what is right, our natural tendency is to do what's wrong. So when you... When someone asked a question and you find the answer in scripture, all right? I mean, it's that simple. Here, here's the answer because the Bible says it's the answer, which totally explains it all. It's not a problem. Well, this is what a part of apologetics, what we would call internal evidence. These incredible stories, this theological foundation of the Bible. He makes a statement and then you say, why, how, uh, how could Jesus be without sin? Well, just 
Do the, do the math, do the science. Uh, no earthly father. And that was prophesied hmm. by prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, Hold yeah. a virgin will conceive. That's pretty clear. But way back in Genesis, yeah. when Adam and Eve sinned, it said through the seed of a woman, mm-hmm. um, a redeemer will was come. Was it John, uh, Genesis 3, 16, 15, 15, 15, 15 yeah, and 16. First messianic yeah. prophecy. Uh, a woman without a man will have a child. Well, I was talking about Jesus. We had yeah. Christmas in Genesis 3. Uh-huh. The, you Man can't write these kind of stories. This is what we would call internal evidence, and we could right. do we could do fifty hours. Oh my goodness! Podcasting on internal evidence, but for for seekers like you who listen, you just learn it. You get a couple of them under your belt, and as you study right. the Word of God, you'll see more and more and more and more, and you'll come to the conclusion: right. man couldn't have written right. the Bible right. if he wanted to, and he wouldn't have done it if he could have. Well, no, because. The Bible clearly condemns every man, yeah. and our pride will not allow us to do that, nor will our ego even entertain the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're good guys, but not look according at, to the Scriptures. Look how many people get angry when you tell them they need Jesus. They're like, I'm a good person. Yeah, you ain't good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? All fall oh, short my goodness, man, God. right? Internal so, evidence. Yeah, and maybe we'll do one on that, dude. Internal evidence is, oh, my goodness. That'll be a series, John. That, that or we, mm, yeah, we're gonna think about that one. All right. So Jesus said that he represented an exclusive truth, and that we find in John eighteen thirty seven, right? Because he's he says that uh, he's the only way to God. John eighteen thirty seven says uh, to Pilate, Pilate therefore said to him, "Are you a king?" Then Jesus answered, "You say rightly that I am a king." For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And then in John 14, 6, Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then he doesn't say at the end of that, uh, do you think that's true? (laughs) He just ends it with a period. Done. It's a statement. Whether you believe it or not is not the issue with Jesus. Yes, Jesus is the way. You know, people get because mad. Oprah Winfrey gets mad at that. Jesus is the way. I'm saying, Oprah, he is the way. Oh, she he provided a way. Up. Yeah. Just join in. I'm no. not mad that Jesus no. is the way. I'm glad. No, and, but, but if she joins in, she's got to surrender her ego and her pride. Yeah, yeah. We all do. And that is what makes it so difficult to get saved. Not the truth doesn't make it difficult to get saved. Our, our sinful desires and our heart make it difficult for us to get saved. Yeah. When it's all about me, you're not going to be saved. No. When you, when you die to self and you look to him and the lights come on and he's the way, don't get mad, get glad, Mm -hmm. enter into the straight gate for narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. And if you be there, that find it, but just enjoy the way, take it. He knocks on the door of your heart, open it. Uh, Cause it's the only hope you got. Amen. Uh, Jesus said the word of God is true. John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And, and he's, like, go ahead. Go ahead. So I say Jesus quoted from every book of the old Testament. Mm-hmm. Just saying, right? Well, everything, every example he gave came from the old Testament because he, that's what they would have understood. He spoke often about <laughs> old Testament characters. Mm-hmm. He quoted old Testament verses over and over. Mm-hmm. Is it not written concerning me? Right. And so Jesus affirmed every book, the divinity of every book of the Old Testament. That's pretty cool. That's very awesome. And in this passage of John 17, 17, to put it in in, uh, uh, perspective or context, Jesus is praying to the Father. And he's praying on behalf of the disciples. And he says, 
sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And it's God's truth, and the Bible is God's truth. That's what he's saying. Your word is, is truth. And then Paul and Peter, they wrote about the word of God, right? Finding its source in God. And it says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture, and by the way, this is man writing about God because it's been confirmed throughout their history, okay? All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Listen, God gave us his word. Why? So that we can be complete and thoroughly equipped. When God calls, he equips. Absolutely. And he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the, the called. called. Yeah. Uh, Second Peter one twenty one for prophecy never, 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 ever, never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit of God. Theological terminology here: the verbal, plenary, uh, what's the word? In, verbal plenary word of God. It's just actually God told them what words to write down. Right. And so we just throw that around. So it's you. Well, that, that, that would be like you becoming the, uh, um, or me being the secretary for you, set, us setting down and you telling me what you want me to note so we can put it out. And then uh, checking it, make sure you wrote exactly what I wanted. It had to be exact. It had to be exact. Yeah, because now, because you, this is truth, and we can't play with truth. They, they were not editing Jesus's words, right? They were his words. Right. Now John edits my podcast because sometimes they needed editing because <laughs> sometimes he can't find his words. <laughs> he does a really good job because I give him some junk sometimes, and uh, so he goes, "Oh no, yeah. you were off the mic. Oh no, uh, you talk too slow." So. Well, pray for John. He's got his hands full. Yeah. The last one you just did is like Duke is going and Jesus wants you to know he loves you. <laughs> I'm like, Dude. you just did it. You're going to have to edit that right out of your own. Oh, no, no, no. I am not editing my example of you, <laughs> but, and I'm even going to leave it like that. So you hear me blow up the mic and then nobody hears yeah. me. <laughs> like, come on, Duke, you're killing me. Sorry about that. Uh, but listen, when it comes to writing down the words of Jesus or the words of God, man, they took it so serious. Like we joke with it, right? We have fun with it, but they took it so serious that if they messed up a letter or even a mark, they scrapped the whole thing and started over. Yeah. And they would take the, they would count the letters uh, backwards and forwards uh, numerous times. And when they came to the name of God, they would actually take a separate quill, a brand new one, a feather that they fixed into a pen and they would write God's name with a brand new quill, and then they would take that quill and kind of retire it, yep. put it in a sacred place. They just had such reverence. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, such reverence. And here we are just kind of flip it with the word of God. Shame on us for that. But it's holy right. word, it's the holy words of God to man. It's God's, I've heard it put, God's love letter to us. Mm -hmm. There's parts of the Bible that are scary, yeah, and people reject that. And yet, the, well, the Bible scares me. Well, they'll go to scary yeah. movie. Well, here's the thing: they'll take, they'll reject the scary part of the scripture, but they'll take the love part of scripture. And it's like if the scary part's not true, the love part's not true. Well, you don't know how much how powerful that love part is until you understand the scary exactly. part. Exactly. 
you know that yeah, yeah. would you soul, save me from yeah right exactly. like, if i don't understand what i've been saved from then the appreciation of salvation you'll is not never, there you'll never really yeah. love jesus so yeah. you understand that he saved you from the penalty of sin exactly and, uh, and from the lake of fire yeah and you know many many books texts claim to be true but the bible's claim is exclusive and verifiable like it does all of its own on its own no other book does that all other books you need you need people to come about to prove it and the bible just proves itself it's so amazing and every time through it it's just i'm just overwhelmed with that truth john well and and the bible listen the bible literally asks the readers to weigh its claims like like it doesn't just say oh this is truth no it tells us to actually verify it look here in first john 4 1 beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits whether they are of god because many false prophets have gone out into the world and so test this i was in israel just a few years ago and uh down uh, just up near the syrian border and there's a gate that has been preserved. It's been, it's a dig and they've dug it out and it's, it's well preserved. <laughs> and it's the gate that Abraham came through to enter into the land of Canaan. We read in the, one of the earliest chapters in the Bible, Genesis chapter 12, the call of Abraham. So we, we go back and there's evidence at that site that, uh, that, was, that was found in the records that Abraham passed through. He had to pay a tribute, a toll. Of, it's like a toll road, if you please. You had to, if you're going to enter to Canaan, you had to pay it. And they had the record secular history record that Abraham was right where the Bible said he would be. Then you go up to Ur of the Chaldees where he lived originally and they dug that up and they found uh, the records kept by the the, uh, the city, you know, kind of like right where the Bible said. Yeah. And guess who was one of the, the, the uh, town elders in Ur of the Chaldees, this dude named Abraham. And so I don't need secular archeology span make me to allow me to believe the right. bible right. i already believe the bible but everything they find archaeologically only proves the Bible. well and we're going to get to a lot of that um luke actually commends the bereans in acts 17 11 right because they examine the scriptures look what it says these were these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily, daily, daily to find out whether these things were so. God invites us to examine. He gave us reason. Yeah. Right. And I look at the other ancient books, and I read those things when I was a high school. Hippies did those kind of things, you know, <laughs> yeah. Socrates and... Right. Canterbury Tales and all, all I, I read that stuff because it's it's ancient literature and when you read it it's it's first of all it's extremely hard to understand you can't make any hardly applications to today and uh you kind of wonder why it's such a historical book you don't nothing really jumps out of, off those pages and say oh I have to memorize a verse from Socrates or and then you pick up the Bible it is so totally real, different so practical Mm -hmm. It's the word of God. Yeah. And like you said, history, archaeology, philosophy uh, show that statements made in the Bible are factual and more than anything, consistent. Yeah, that's miraculous. I can't even be consistent with my own kids. Yeah, and yet the scriptures consistent. never falter in that, right? So listen, when you line up what the Bible says with other sources of information about the same events, people, and findings, we see it's accurate and true. Mm-hmm.
Period. Yeah. It's accurate and true. I'm still holding back with my archaeology <laughs> here, Johnny. Continue. Yeah. Right? So when it comes to, to jump <laughs> when it comes to logic, <laughs> right? Because people will argue, well, that doesn't make sense. That's not even logical, right? It, it's because again, context, understanding, so on and so forth. So for example, if you were to say, hey, you know what? It's 50 degrees Fahrenheit outside. Is it either not or it is or whatever? It can't be 50 degrees Fahrenheit and then uh, 100 degrees Fahrenheit all at the same time. Oh. It can't be. It's way simpler than that. It just is what it is. It is yeah. yeah, it's just it is what it is. And so uh, what you understand is that it is what it is. And then uh, other religious texts, uh, they cannot stand the same scrutiny as the Bible. I read the Quran. They can. The, I was, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Go ahead. I read the Quran <laughs> cover to cover twice, and the, the Bible contains 10,365 prophecies. You know how many prophecies are in the Quran? Zero. Yeah, I'll say there's no, none. There's, there's none. Well, well here's what's, here, this is what else is very interesting about the Quran. The scriptures talks about Jesus gives life. He, you know, Jesus is the one that breathes life. The Quran says that life is breathed into to give life from death. And Jesus is the only one in the Quran that breathes life uh, into a bird and, and gives it life, brings it back from death or from nothing. The Quran gives Jesus credit for the only one being able to give life. Yeah, there's some spots in there. It's very true. It's so interesting that they give Jesus that credit and nobody else, not even Allah. What most people don't realize, <laughs> if you haven't read the Quran, it's just Abraham or as Muhammad's interpretation of the Bible. Right now, very something else that really jumped out at me at the Quran is in the Bible. There's probably what would you say, maybe a hundred references to hell in the Holy Bible. I'm just guessing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, was, maybe about a hundred. Right, 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 right. In the Quran which is actually smaller, quite a bit smaller than the Bible. In the Quran, there's probably 5,000 references to hell. I mean, it is on every page and sometimes almost every verse. Yeah. Hellfire, 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 hellfire. And there's just, um, it's just, it doesn't read anything like the Bible. Take some of the stories of the Bible and it mixes them all up. They're random, you know, you read about Abraham here, Abraham there. And uh, it's not it's not a continuity. It was just uh, Muhammad's thoughts about Scripture, um, and it doesn't line up with Scripture, and it's full of contradictions. It adds to Scripture. It takes away from Scripture. It twists Scripture, and uh, it contains zero prophecies. Mm-hmm. And Muhammad did no miracles like um, <laughs> Jesus did miracles, and uh, the, a lot of the writers of the Scripture, Moses, Joshua, etc., they did miracles, right? And uh, there was no miracles. There That's what I'm no, saying. There's, there's nothing. There's in, no continuity. Yeah, yeah. There's no prophecy, and uh, the historical accuracy is doesn't really apply right. to the Quran because it's just quotations from the Bible. And the, right. the part where they quote the Bible, obviously, that's true. Well, in I just pulled it up just for sake of curiosity. There are 50 passages in the New King James that discuss hell. There are over 200 verses that mention hell. So, so there's, if we look at the passage, that, that could consist of one or 20 uh, verses that, t- that discuss hell. And then if you look at the verses, you're over, you're over 200 verses alone. But in the Quran, it's 
probably 10,000 times. Yeah. Because it's fear, fear, but, fear, 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 yes. fear. That's all it is. There's no love. You don't get John right. three sixteen in the Quran. Right. God so loved the world. It's all fear and wrath, fear and wrath. And uh, so it's just so totally different. And I challenge people, after you've read the Bible, go ahead and pick up these other, other yeah. books and read them because it is so self-evident. There's nothing like nothing, the Bible. Nothing. And you will see it is alive. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and uh, the other part that we want to look at is the scientific side of the Bible, right? Can I throw in one more archaeological thing? Please. Okay. You read about in Exodus the... Uh, the destruction of Israel, mm-hmm. excuse me, the destruction of Egypt, but the 10 plagues and history doesn't seem to have a reason why the greatest power on earth just sort of died. <laughs> the Bible has the answer to that. And then it talks about, uh, the w- waters of the red sea parting and Israel goes across on dry ground. Everybody mocks that. Well, that never really happened. It was the reed <laughs> sea, not the red sea. It's an extension of the red sea. It's a swamp. Well, how did God drown the whole Egyptian army in, in a swamp, in six inches of water? So the problem's on them, not on right? us. How, that's what people don't realize. It's like, wait a minute, you just had a, and we're not talking 600 That'd be a bigger men. Miracle. We're, we're not. That'd be a bigger miracle yeah. to drown the entire Egyptian army in six inches of water. So here's the cool well, part. Well, here's the thing. It's not just 600 men. It's the men, the chariots, and the horses, all the armor, everything, of which, by the way, they sent submarines into that area here, what, 20 years ago? No, it's more recently than that. 10 years ago? You can Google this up. This is incredible. Yeah, they sent uh, submarines into the area of the Red Sea where it was believed that, that God separated it, and they found the armor. They found the chariots. They found the metal gear for the harnesses on the horses. It's there. It's all uh, there. Just like the Bible said it would be. But here's what you find interesting, that even when it's all found, the media will not let you know that submarines went into the area and found all this yeah. stuff. You can that Google that in, up. Yeah. Just the crossing of the Red Sea. It'll thrill your heart. Absolute. It's out there. Yeah. Now, one more. <laughs> you got to give me this, Johnny. I'll give You're it. You're going to love it. Go ahead. They they followed the what the scriptures say from this place to this place, Rephidim and here and there. And there's a place where Moses smote the rock. And the water came out. I saw the video. Did you Sorry. see the video? I did. That's what I'm talking about, Johnny. I started it. Go ahead and finish no, it. No, no, please. Go ahead. They found the place. And out in the middle of this the Sinai Desert, this huge rock, it's a split rock where Moses hit it, and it seems yeah, like it's yeah. split. There it is. And it so must a sp- be, okay, a split like a V. Yeah. Go ahead. And it must be, what would you say, 30, 40 feet high? It's huge. Oh, yeah, it's, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. And then at the bottom of it, <laughs> heading out into, the, out into the desert, there's all these, I mean, it's all rocks. Except this one area where all the wa- rocks are water washed. Mm-hmm. They're all smooth. And where billions and billions and billions of fast moving water uh-huh. went right out and God fed or watered the yeah. entire nation. And you can just, a, a, a first grader could see here's where the river ran, came up out of the ground and ran out into the desert. Well, and here's another point that's even bigger. I knew you than, would like this. There's another point that's even bigger than the smooth rocks that go out is the rock that's been split like a V all around it on the outside is rough like a rock on the, on the inside of the split where the water came out, where the water came out smooth as could be yeah, smooth as can be. Just what you would expect if you take the Bible literally. Yeah. And you know what they did to that area? 
They ran fences around it and put military guards so nobody's allowed in there to see it, take pictures of it, and get it. But we know guys that snuck in there and did and take did pictures. It. And there's Hebrew writing. <laughs> and footprints and, in and, the rocks. And an or, altar nearby where they where they sacrificed and gave uh, sacrifice unto the Lord. Yeah, they, they didn't even know the Hebrew language was written yet, and yet it's written right out there so, as evidence. So that, That's what I'm talking about, man. Dude, I'm going to give you 10 points for bringing that one up because I actually forgot about it until... Yeah, you need me, John. I need you. You might not always want me, but you need me. (laughs) So, that's so funny. All right, so that is the history, the archaeology, and philosophy. And we could go on for an hour on that one. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Just just, giving you some highlights. Oh, my, right? So then, the next thing that we're going to talk about here is scientifically... The Bible is true. I mean, it's starting blacks. Just <laughs> hit the gun. I'm, I'm ready. So for many years, we have, we, when I mean we, society or whatever, in the beginning was said, the earth is flat. Yeah. Columbus, be careful. You're going to fall, go you're off gonna the, fall, fall off. off. <laughs> you're going to fall off the you're edge. You're a fool. Right? So now, today, if you ask scientists, they'll tell you it's round because we have pictures of it round. And in Isaiah 40, verse 22, says, it is he who sits above the circle. (laughs) Round. (laughs) I wonder, I wonder, maybe. (laughs) See, the Bible was defying science in those days. The, yeah. Isaiah was a science denier. Oh, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. But he was right. <laughs> he was right. Um, so going way back, uh, the science said that there was only 1,100 stars. Yeah, but the Bible said different. Today, we say there are innumerable stars. If you check the science today, the Bible said in Jeremiah 33, 22, is... As the host of heaven cannot be numbered, nor the sand of the sea measured, so will I multiply the descendants of David, my servant, and Levi's to the minister, who, to me, the host of the heaven are the stars. Mm-hmm. Innumerable. <laughs> Innumerable. <laughs> well, <laughs> science had that one all wrong, didn't they? All right. And I love this one, dude. He didn't even have a telescope to cheat with. He just, God told him there's innumerable, and he wrote it down. He wrote it down. And science finally caught up with the Bible. Yeah. So science way back when said that air is weightless. Mm-hmm. Today, scientists have confirmed air has weight. Yeah. The Bible says in Job twenty eight twenty five to establish a weight for the wind and apportion the waters by measure so we can measure the weight of the air. There you go, dragging the Bible into it again. Science was wrong. The Bible was right. It just takes man a while to catch up. But man will catch up in the end. Make no mistake about it. The great white throne judgment uh, or death, whichever you happen to come to first, you will catch up with the scriptures. Mm -hmm. I guarantee it. How about this? Each star is different. Science, way back when, said all stars were the same. Today, science says 
Each star is different because science now has confirmed that. And the scripture said in 1 Corinthians 15, 41, there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star difference differs from another star in glory. And they're arguing the scriptures. No, they're all the same. You can't trust the Bible. <laughs> and the Bible says each one, just like every human being differs in glory. Yeah. Every star differs in glory. We all are different. <laughs> the creator of the cosmos knows how he made it, and he told us about it. Oh. And science argued with him then, and now they're still arguing with him today. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting thing that I actually didn't realize is that old science, going way back, used to teach that the earth sat on a large animal. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I remember that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah. it's got to sit on something. They got to sit. Right, it's got to sit on something. That's <laughs> science says that. It's, uh, <laughs> maybe it sits on the butt of an elephant. <laughs> I don't know what's the animal. The animal. At any rate, today, if you look up the science today, it now confirms that the Earth floats freely in space. Mm -hmm. Well, if we look at the scriptures in Job. 26 7 says he stretches out the north over empty space and he hangs the earth on nothing isn't that just a <laughs> precious way to put it he hangs the earth on nothing and all the <laughs> no. science people of those days no that's not possible that is not possible and then today you they're Bible like people won't shut up <laughs> and now today they're like uh, uh yeah i guess it's possible that, that, that yeah. is true so that's actually. what's happening <laughs> But they'll never put that on TV. No. Right? No, no. They just hide it. You know? Right. They only tell right. you what to, they want you to know. Right. Okay. So how about this? Uh, winds blow in uh, cyclones. Cycles and circuits. Right. Mm -hmm. Whirlwinds. Well, if we were to look back at the old science, it says that wind blows straight. If we look in Ecclesiastes 1.6, the wind goes toward the south and turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. Kind of the jet streams. Good God created them, kind of wrote about them a long time ago. And, yeah. Here's, I, I, and I know I'm having a lot of fun with this because I love how everyone says, I need science, I need science. And it's like, oh, here you go. Here's all no the problem. science in the world. And they're like, I need more science. <laughs> need Go more to my podcast, pastorduke.com or whatever. Look for the one, uh, Science in Prophecy. I give the testimony of Dr. Bernard Vonnegut, founder of the oh, yeah. Meteorological School, uh, school yeah. uh, in, in SUNY Albany. He was the world's most renowned meteorologist. He worked with uh, Einstein on the Manhattan Project to protect the bomb when it was in the airplane and when it was in the air against lightning strikes. Had the privilege of leading him to Christ. I gave him four scientific verses from Genesis. He filled in the <laughs> gaps, man. This guy was wicked smart. And he came to Christ, took four verses from the Bible. He said this. He said, I spent my whole life turning over a rock trying to figure out what makes things tick. He said, you, and you too, John, you've given your whole life to study he who makes things tick. He said, if I had to do over again, I'd choose what you chose. Yeah. Isn't that, that so cool? Isn't that neat? All right. So let's get back on this because our clock is ticking. So how about this one? Um, ocean floors 
Uh, the ocean floor contains deep valleys and mountains. While old science said that the ocean floor was flat, today's science says ocean floor contains deep valleys and mountains. The scripture said in 2 Samuel twenty two sixteen. then the channels of the sea were seen, the foundations of the world were uncovered at the rebuke of the Lord at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. The channels of the sea were seen as valleys and mountains. How about this? Uh, Jonah 2, 6, I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever, yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. Mountains subterranean and mountains uh, above the ground. And he was talking about when he was swallowed by the fish, it took him down into the valleys and the mountains of the ocean floor. <laughs> That's not possible. That's another one. Right? Oh, I'm you know, not, I'm not even going to get over on that. I got to throw this about Jonah. I just read it a couple of days ago, and it said, uh, you know, people say, well, that'd be a miracle for, for a man to be swallowed by a fish. That was not possible. And I think, did he live three days in the whale's belly, or did God raise him from the dead when he got spit up? I don't know either way. I think he lived three days in the whale's belly because it said that he felt like he was in hell. Yeah. Or maybe he was in hell <laughs> and he rose. I don't know. But I know one thing. He was sure right on this on right. the science. Well, and, and I think also because here he says, I went down to the moorings of the mountains. He was conscious. Yeah, he was conscious. There's a reality that he went to the depths of the sea. I guess he hadn't read studied science too much because science said there wouldn't be anything down there flat more of it. Science said it's like the highway on the bottom, buddy. Just go <laughs> lay there. <laughs> How about this one? Blood is the source of life and health. Well, if you remember back in the day, because even, uh, as a matter of fact, that's how George Washington died. died. They bled him out because yeah. they said, we got to, you got to bleed the sickness out. Yeah. <laughs> what the crap, dude. They didn't read Leviticus, did they? <laughs> they didn't read Leviticus. And, and of course, uh, that was back then. And now today, blood is the source of life and health, news is what today's science says. And if we look in Leviticus 17, 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. The blood. Just <laughs> how quick I was right on that, Johnny. Your earlier podcast today, you just were a little slow. <laughs> I was. He was focused on Oh, my goodness. I'm gonna... a, he was focused on his text. That's okay. I was actually legit on scripture. That's that. okay. Yeah. That's okay. All right. How about this one? Uh, creation is made of invisible elements. Old science says... Uh, well, it's mostly ignorant on the subject. It doesn't even give us anything. <laughs> if you can't see it, it ain't. It's not there. And I don't even know why. I, dude, I'm laughing at the stupidity of man. That's all I'm doing. Uh, so does God. He, uh, he does. He sits in heaven and laughs. At his, the Bible says that he laughs at our foolishness, and he laughs at the fool. He does. Uh, new science. Today's science creation uh, is made of invisible elements, and they call it the atom. <laughs> it's about 99% space and 1% material the yeah electrons and neutrons but yeah. it's, it's but it's visible yeah and they well they they, they say but it's made of invisible invisible things. stuff I know, right? well what is creation or what does the scripture say hebrews eleven three says this by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of god so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible <laughs> so what you're trying to say is that old science was really science fiction yeah. 
Do I get a point for that, John? <laughs> I'm going to give cute. you a point for that. That's Old science is no more than science fiction. I bet right. a whole bunch of today's science is just science fiction. Oh, right. I, that's a whole other podcast, you know. So let me see here. Um, all right. Ocean, the ocean contains springs, right? We're talking springs underneath that bring up water. No, science says it's all runoff water from the rivers. So that's what they used to say. Uh-huh. Old science used to say that it was just fed only by rivers and lakes and, and the or rivers runoff. and rain. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, runoff. runoff. New science says oceans contain springs. <laughs> what does the scripture say? Have you entered the springs of the sea? <laughs> <laughs> and scientists mock the Bible, but the the ultimate scientist who created all of this told us exactly how he did it. And they mocked him then. Yeah. And they mock him now. I know. And, dude, I'm telling you, I don't know. You know what. the Bible's not scientific, John. You know that. <laughs> I, so. I do know that. You science denier, you. Oh, my goodness. So, guys, we're going to bring this to, to a conclusion. Oh, I'm having so much fun. Because I, um, uh, you know, there's another thing that we talk about is is um, when we look at the specific claims of the Scripture. You know, we'll, we'll extend grace to humanity, but we won't extend grace to the Scriptures. For example, if we said, hey, it's raining cats and dogs out there, not one person in the world would run to the window to see if there's literally cats and dogs. They would understand it's just raining really hard. And, for example, like the Scripture would say, and in John one uh, thirty six, the Scripture says this, and looking at Jesus, he walked... Uh, as he walked, he being John the Baptist said, behold, the lamb of God. And there's not one person here that would read that and claim Jesus was livestock. Yeah. Yeah. He had done his homework. He knew the typology. And I like to, I add in our preparation, I mentioned Jesus said, I'm the door, but he didn't right. door. He didn't have a doorknob and didn't have hinges. <laughs> hinges and that's right. And a peephole. <laughs> and we said, I'm the vine. He didn't grow leaves and branches. Right. right. But it's, it's when the Bible is allegorical, it is self-evident. Right. 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 And uh, so it just, it, and, it, well, and we just understand those idioms are meant to be interpreted as that yeah it's so easy to, to give understand. us a picture of clarity or intensity yeah. or whatever it is that's exact clarity clarity that jesus was more than just this dude from right. nazareth he right. was prophesied his virgin birth yeah. the typology of the lamb passover lamb christ would be the passover right lamb. and when did right. he die at Passover, at Passover yeah. probably not a quinky dink, huh? Yeah, and so it's more internal evidence. Yeah, and and what we have to understand is the Bible is true, and every word of the Bible is true, but not every word of the Bible is literal. <laughs> Most of it is, but a lot Most of, of it is. is a lot of places sure. that are not. And but but I mean, in this instance, yeah, like absolutely. like you would know, Jesus is not a lamb. He's not a door. He's not a vine. These are pictures for us to understand uh, or give us better understanding of of what he is. All right. Hey, guys, listen. This one's been fun. This one's been fun. And and am I making fun of of scientists? I am. Yeah. I am. (laughs) Those that deny the Bible, yes, I am. 
Oh, my goodness. Hey, guys, listen. Uh, hopefully, this has helped you to understand that the Bible is true, the Word of God. And if listen, if one word's a lie, it's all a lie. We cannot pick and choose. So hopefully, this has helped you and has entertained you and has strengthened you to walk the walk with Jesus. And, uh, hey, if this has helped you, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next time, God bless.